to another episode of the Broker Bros Podcast, the podcast for brokers, by brokers. I am your host, Joy Denolfi, as always. And I am your co-host, Alex Kushka. And we are back, Alex, for episode four. We are. Exciting stuff. Four, one, two, three, in the books. We're on four here, and uh, we're excited. It's... Uh, it's getting a lot of traction out there in the uh, in the transportation world, and uh, we're getting excited to kind of just continue to have this conversation and, and be informative and, and give you guys a lot of good content. Um, so, with that, I do want to also put out there, you know, as we always do, going to ask for those reviews, going to ask to subscribe, tell your colleagues, tell your friends, um, even if you really, you know, you, you know, people that aren't in the freight industry and they just want a good business podcast to listen to and kind of get in tune and, and learn about a new industry, a new segment, new market in, in the country, uh, let them know, right? Have them subscribe, have, have them listen to us. Um, and then as always, we do want to hear your questions and, and what you kind of want answered here, um, on our podcast. And, and you can do that by submitting ideas, questions, anything you got, um, to our email, right? And that is simply thebrokerbros at shipldi.com. Um, so definitely go ahead and submit those questions into us. Uh, but that being said, Alex, another week um, and another another primetime falter from the from our Buffalo Bills, huh? Yes, it was definitely a disappointing week, especially after, what was it, week, bef- week four before that? Well, I was going to say, well, at least we didn't get blown out of the water. Yeah, we, we tried to keep it close, but it didn't seem like our team was as prepared as Kansas City was. So that was – I mean, I didn't think we were necessarily going to go in there and 100% win, but I expected a little bit better out of our guys. Yeah, I mean, they also – they had a good game plan to kind of not let Mahomes beat them. What they've been doing the last few weeks is that number one star player, we're not going to let him beat them, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry – which they did, right? And, you know, Ryan Tannehill just threw all over on us. Yep. Um, you know, Mahomes still had a great, efficient day, 21 to like 26, but he didn't have no, you know, 350, 400 yards and four touchdowns, right? But Clyde, as I like to call him, Clyde the Glide, an old reference to Clyde Drexler back in the day um, in the NBA. Clyde the Glide ran for almost 200 yards on us, right? And that's. That's reminiscent of old Bills teams back in oh, like 2010, yeah. where that would happen to us, seems every week. But. Hey, man, I don't know. If you would have told me going into the stretch of the Rams, Raiders, Chiefs, and Titans that we would come out 2-2, two and two, I would take it. You know what I mean? It's still a young team. We're still growing. We're still learning. They're 4-2. and two. No need to hit the panic alarm button yet. Yes, I think we're still in a good spot. Still in the AFC East lead. Um, that's that's the biggest thing. Just got to keep our eye on the prize there, trying to win the division for the first time in forever, basically. How about those Patriots, man? Just, I know, and they're they're struggling, so that's giving us a little bit more room. But they we look like c- garbage. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah, and I know that makes you and I happy. So Sorry to our New England listeners if there's any out there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're hoping this week we got the Jets, so I do think the Bills have a very good opportunity to turn it around, hopefully work out some of those kinks, some of those issues that they've been having, and get back on track to what we know and what we like to see. I'll tell you what, if they uh, if they wind up losing to the Jets, I'm not showing up for work on Monday. I'm not coming in. Yeah, I might not be here either. <laughs> and I'm not coming up. We're not. We're episode five. It's not making it. I'm just quitting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, yeah, the Bills are going to get uh, back on track here against the Jets. Um, they just have to, right? But enough of the of the sports talk here. We'll get back into it. We'll wrap it up a little bit later um, at the end of the show, like we always do with our predictions. Uh, but 
we want to get into a nice little market update, right? We always want to kind of have that relevant topic, what's going out, what's going on out there in the market, um, what are some trends, what are some things that we're seeing that maybe we want to kind of just keep an eye on. Um, and we got another article from our guy Zach Strickland over there at Freight Waves. Again, I like this guy. He's got very formative, informative um, predictions, right? He's always looking to the future. Hey, what does this mean? You know, these stats right now, what do they mean for the future for brokers? Or not even brokers. It's, he's kind of across the board, right? Carriers, brokers, shippers, whatever that would have. Um, but we like to then take that and spin it towards what can a broker do, right? What opportunities right. are there for a broker and, and what he's updating us on. All right, and this article... Um, it talks about, and the, the headline to it is, uh, carriers purchasing trailers over tractors during booming freight market. Um, and I, I'm hesitant on the, the booming freight market. I know what he's getting at as far as like the demand for, like there's a lot of loads out there. Um, but basically what he's getting into and the stats of it, and then we'll kind of discuss it, is uh, September was actually the third highest month in history, all, all time. Um, for as far as the uh, the number of trailers that are being reported uh, as purchased. And it was 52,000 units in September. Um, and there's been a huge uptick in, since May in, in the trailer purchasing. Um, and it's, it's starting to go, it, it is over what tractors are being purchased, right? Um, so a lot of carriers are kind of seeing that drop trailers are becoming more prevalent with the bigger shippers. Um, and they necessar- necessarily don't, it's a better investment is what I would argue. Um, than a tractor, right? We saw t- at the end of 2018 going into 2019, a lot of carriers invested in those tractors, um, bought them up, and a lot of companies now in 2019 and 2020 are going out of business because they did that, right? And you got to think, what goes into a tractor? You got to hire a driver for pretty much each tractor you purchase. Trailer, you don't, right? So you can drop those a lot at the big shippers. So um, that is the the so what, you know, like kind of what, what this article is talking about. And what I really want to talk about with you, Alex, is kind of the opportunity to get into, like I said, drop trailers, right? And they're becoming more on the rise, I would say, um, just from what we see and what we hear, a lot more requests from customers um, to, you know, give us a quote, give us a schedule on a drop trailer kind of thing, a Monday through Friday, one load a day. Um, so, yeah, that is, is something that I've heard a lot more of, and it, it seems that the carriers are starting, it's starting to trickle down, right? And, it, again, we want to focus on the big shippers, right? That's right. Pretty, many, pretty much who's going to be wanting that, right? Right. So I think this is this article is interesting in particular because it's a complete 180 for what we've been talking about recently. We've been telling you guys about, you know, carriers shutting down, less drivers, less capacity. Well, now it's starting to tick back up, but not, um, not the complete carrier side. So they're not hiring more drivers necessarily, not buying more tractors. It's just the trailers. The trailers are a lot cheaper. Like you said, you don't need a driver to be manning that trailer at all times. It can be sitting at a location, getting loaded, getting unloaded. And that's, you know, obviously a lot cheaper than paying someone to sit in there um, when they could be driving and being more productive. So like you said, there are some opportunities for, there's a couple different angles here for opportunities with drop trailers. So one, if you are getting more requests from you know larger shippers, your larger customers looking for drop trailer opportunities because they have consistent freight, great. There's probably a much better opportunity for you now to go out there and find carriers that have more trailers than they may have before. That would be amped to do that. Right, right? that are willing to you know participate in something like this where they're going to leave a trailer at your shipper's facility for a week and they're okay with that because they have more trailers now. Yep, absolutely. So... I mean, you got to just think about that from a cost-effective standpoint, right? You can get a, a project rate 
on something like that, right? Maybe like a weekly rate if, hey, we know, and that's this thing with drop trailers, it's very set schedules, very regimens. It's not, it's very um, uh, spot market proof, I would say, yeah. uh, where you can have a fixed cost where I know and your customer knows that every single time we're going to have this nice fixed rate and that carrier subsequently knows that as well. And what goes into that, like I said, instead of a tractor where you have to invest that driver time, that driver money, it's just a trailer, right? You, 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 you purchased it, and now all you need to do is make money on that, right? Yep. And it's going to pay for itself. Um, so you think about drop trailer schedules where, um, you know, you could have one driver hypothetically run, you know, if you have maybe three loads moving in a week, you can have one driver with a couple trailers run that constantly. You don't need to have multiple drivers where you're, you're sending in two trucks or three trucks in one day um, and then, you know, going to deliver those three, you know, next day, two days later, whatever that might be. You could drop a trailer, have your driver then unhook, pick up the new, the latest one that was loaded, take it off over to the delivery schedule, have them unload it. That's the big thing, though, is you want to make sure when you're looking to these opportunities on that delivery side, are they wanting you to run back another trailer to the shipper, right? Is it going to be a back and forth or is it a one-way? That's a very important thing in the opportunity standpoint because it's going to be a lot harder for you to convince a carrier, though, Hey, drop this off and now, you know, find a load back, right? Find a load back to that shipper where you need to go pick up again tomorrow. Right. That's where you as a broker, your skills are going to come in. And if it's just a one way and it's not, you know, hey, drop, then pick, drop, and you're just running back and forth constantly, you're going to need to do some work and try and find either another customer um, or another lane from the same customer where you can maybe get that guy loaded. Say it's St. Louis to like Flint, Michigan. You want to get him loaded in Flint to go back over to St. Louis, that is probably going to be your biggest hurdle in a drop right. trailer. And I, I've experienced it. That is your biggest hurdle. Right? right. And you want to work on trying to get your freight network, I guess you could call it, more interconnected. So like you said, if you have you know a driver going into one city each week and dropping a trailer there, you want to try and find another shipper that's shipping out of that area, going back to you know the original city or just kind of create like a triangle out of it where – you know, you're always going to end up at one of your shippers or receivers, always going to have a new trailer, a new load for your driver to pick up and take and try to increase your efficiency throughout the supply chain, I guess you'd say there. Yeah, and it's going to be, it's going to be, a, you're going to have to create a network, right? And, right. and what you want to do in something like that is almost, you want to have a good, for a drop trailer kind of thing, you want to have a good amount of volume where you can almost try to control some portion of that market, right? Um, where you have pretty much, a good amount of loads in that area. Like if you had 50 total loads, you want to be able to control like more than 50% of that because then you can then control the carriers, right? You can kind of control who you're hiring, what you're hiring at price-wise. Um, you want to have that that opportunity. But um, I think too, something that we need to talk about is that a lot of shippers are realizing, the larger shippers again, they're realizing that that cost-effective um, scheduled regimen drop trailer schedule is a good alternative, right? And as a yeah. broker, um, when you have a customer that doesn't realize that, and you maybe identify that as an opportunity, hey, we're running these constantly, right? And it's the same thing. Um, maybe you find, you know, hey, Mr. Customer, I've, I've got a few carriers that would be open to dropping their trailer and having you guys just load it the night before, and now we can kind of be way more efficient on that, right? I mean, that's, that's a big thing, too. For you to be able to take what your, you know, customer A, right, and they have you doing this drop trailer, but now I've learned for future reference and I can, you know, future customers, I can recommend that, right? And that's just only only adding value to your services as a broker. 
Right. I think it's a very good way to differentiate yourself beyond just, hey, I'm providing your transportation. It's me looking at your, you know, the way you, your company operates and trying to find ways to be more efficient for you, which in turn will save your company time, save you money. Um, if you can have a truck coming in to drop off that trailer and you have a crew that will unload it, but that same crew already loaded up the next trailer for them, well, they're saving a lot of time. It's making your dock operation a lot more efficient. And if you can bring that to your customer and say, hey, I have this plan in place, I have the carriers in place to make you more efficient, make you know everything run more timely, quicker, uh, I, they would they would love that. It's going to be dock operation efficiency and it's going to be price efficiency because, you know, like I said, if you're running spot market on this stuff, it might be a different price every day to your customer. Hey, this is what we do for today. Hey, this is what... Sometimes that gets very tiresome for a customer, right? They don't want to have to worry about that. They don't want to have to budget that all the time. They want to have a budget where, you know, I know what I'm spending. I know my freight spent exact because we have a set schedule. We have a drop trailer schedule because that carrier is going to be able to lower their costs and their price because it's a lot easier for them, right? They don't right. have to wait. They're not going to run into detention. It's literally a drop and hook, right? You're, you're dropping off. You're hooking up to a new one, and you're out of there, right? It's right. easy. It's efficient. Across the board, it, it just helps the supply chain. And again, it's just going to be, it, it further enhances yourself as a broker. You're not just that Joe Schmo broker that's working on the spot market 1,000% of the time. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of people make a good living at that. And we need people like that. But if you want to, and we always want to talk about enhancing your business, growing your business, opportunities to do that as a broker, this is one thing to look at, right? And that, these stats that we're getting from FreightWaves here and from Zach Strickland, kind of forecast into 2021 and this is not set in stone this is not us saying hey drop trailers are a thousand percent going to be on the rise in 2021 no maybe not but right. this is a good insight and it's a good thing to keep an eye on for 2021 if you start to see those opportunities rise right and the last thing that i want to touch on regarding this is you just got to make sure it's the right situation now it's not going to be drop trailers aren't going to be the right thing for every customer um from, from the carrier's perspective, if they're going to commit to, you know, dropping a trailer at this location every week, they need to know that this customer is going to have a load for them every week. So working with customers that have consistent freight on consistent lanes, perfect opportunity for drop trailers. If it's something that's a different lane each week and you don't know what day it's shipping, might not be the best situation for setting up drop trailers because the carrier might be upset with you because their trucks aren't getting used, their trailers aren't being loaded on a set schedule. So you got to just take a step back and say, is this the right situation where drop trailers make things more efficient or are drop trailers just going to make people mad at me and screw things up? Yep, and that's a great point, Alex, because you always have to, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all in right. this industry. It's going to be kind of take it as it comes, and that is part of the skill of identifying opportunity zones as you do with, as a broker, right? Um, but, yeah, man, I, I like this because it's – I can't believe third highest month ever exploded at 52,000 that's that's a lot of trailers being purchased so especially in an economic downturn like we're in right yeah. now so it's, it's and also I'd say a lot also with drop trailers is, is leasing trailers right that, that's a big thing too nowadays a lot with uh, you know hey us as a company we have a lot of trailers but you know we're gonna go out there and we're gonna hire a contract on a lot of owner operators right so that could be another uh, route that you know we could see increase or, or have a higher demand in the market in 2021 yeah, I would say just to wrap it up, but from the broker's perspective, it's something to keep an eye on. might be a good opportunity for you to make some more money, make your customers happier, and get some more of their freight. So just keep an eye on that well, aspect of the market. That's the name of the game, Alex. That is the name of the game, more freight. 
Well, hey, we want to get into, well, not, not get into, we want to get back into what we were talking about last week and where we kind of left off. And, and we got into a lot of accessorial etiquette, right? And what we we're going over, hey, some certain, you know, what is the accessorial that we're talking about? Uh, and then, hey, what is the proper etiquette when you run into it, carrier, customer side alike, right? Um, so I believe last week we kind of left off talking briefly about driver load and unload. I know we lumped it in, no pun intended, with the lumpers. But uh, so we're gonna kind of start there. We're gonna pick up from driver, driver load and unload, and basically um, what it entails, what are some um, costs associated with it, and where you can really utilize and where you see it used most, as far as like in an industry standard. And I'll uh, I'll let you start tackling that one, Alex. Yeah. So I would say from last week's episode, I think we focused more on of the accessorials that you would see moving full truckload. And this week we want to focus more on the expedited side of things. So getting into that driver load unload is more of sometimes people call it a white glove service. So that might be. The driver is asked to unload, you know, three pallets from the truck, you know, take a pallet jack and move it into a building that doesn't have a dock and unload the pallet. Um, might be something like that, or it might just be, hey, you, they need help getting this pallet off the truck. They'll handle it from there. Um, it's just beyond the driver showing up and backing into a dock. They're going to need him to assist with unloading that freight. Um, so that can vary depending on the situation, but this is going to be something that we see a lot more in the expedited world cost with that joe i mean i'm eager to hear your opinion on that it kind of depends on how much work they're being asked to do and how long they're going to be there but yep. i feel like pretty standard like an extra 50 dollars for an hour of their time if they have to unload a couple pallets and help unwrap them and then they're out of there i feel like that would be fair if it's going to be something more excessive it might require a bigger charge what's your thoughts on that yeah i would have to i would have to agree but before i get into that i think it's important for our audience to kind of you know, understand if you don't what the expedited world is in freight, right? Um, and I'm sure, you know, 80, 85% of our listeners out there know or are at least familiar, they've heard of it before, but I, I do want to kind of go over that. The expedited um, freight world, we're talking about freight forwarders, right? A lot of air freight um, coming into the airports and freight forwarders then obviously taking control of that and then having to ship that over the road, whether that's to distribution centers, whether that's straight to the customer, um, or even just business to business. Hey, I need this, you know, from Arkansas to Florida, and I need it next day. You know, right. it's something like that. That's going to be in the expedited world. It's a premium cost um, that you're going to pay as a company, but it's going to be lightning fast service. Right? It's I need picked up within an hour. Stuff right. like that. Straight trucks, twenty six footers, yep. uh, box trucks, sprinter vans, things like that. Right. So it's important to kind of know where we're going into. Um, and with that, the driver load unload can get a lot more complicated than it would in a truck load. Um, and I'll be the first one to tell you that because I do have a lot of experience running, and as, as do you, um, with freight forwarders, right? We've done it. We've, we've lived it um, for a couple of years there. Um, so with the driver load and unload, a couple important things to note. Always make sure that you are portraying all the details to the carrier. Right up front at the time of bidding, um, you're talking with this guy or gal, uh, make sure that, you know, if they have to go up a set of stairs when they go in and carry a couple boxes, tell them that. Don't just tell them, hey, it's just a driver unload. They're going to call you. It's going to happen and say, well, you never told me I had to go upstairs. Now I want $200 more or I'm just flat out not doing it. Right. Now you're screwed. Right. That would be the biggest thing on driver load and unload when you're talking the expedited world. Um, and then I, on price, I would. I would agree with you. Um, anywhere from 50 bucks to 100 bucks. 
Depends on what they're doing. I've had some I've had some driver assist driver unloads where the guy literally had to grab a screwdriver and he had to put together pieces for a customer, right? That we're giving them I can't remember off the top of my head, but right off the top of my head I'm thinking like two fifty. You're gonna two hundred, right. two hundred fifty bucks extra for that guy if he's gonna have to sit there and spend three, four hours putting together equipment. Right. He's providing a whole extra service at that point. Um, so with the driver load and unload, Joe made a very good point. Um, just be very clear on all the details up front when it comes to bidding with carriers. Say, hey, you are going to have to unload these three pallets on the lift gate, maybe take something up the stairs, maybe unwrap this pallet. Tell them everything ahead of time and say, are you okay with that at this rate? And yeah. if they say yes, then great. But if something comes back at the end and they find something unexpected, they're, they're going to be upset with you and they're going to want more money. Well, it's all about expectations, right? And yep. we've said that, we've echoed that throughout the first three episodes, and, and we're going to echo it again because that's what this industry, and specifically brokering, is about. It's managing expectations and portraying those expectations to both carrier and customer alike. Um, last thing you want to do, and that's a breakdown of the supply chain, last thing you want to do is just tell a carrier, hey, simple offload, you know, you're just going to take a pallet off and then, you know, whether it's your customer's fault or yours, they get there and they got to carry something on the stairs or they got to assemble something that is only just every 1,000% of the time it's going to be an issue. It's going to be a problem. So in order to avoid that, like you said, like we both said, um, just focus and concentrate on portraying and setting expectations on what's going to be going on in that load. And that's that's where I'll leave off driver load on load. Um, next thing I do want to get into is again with the expedited services you see this a lot more and that's going to be liftgate service and a pallet jack. Um, pallet jack you see a decent amount in the truckload business uh, but liftgate services I've had a few customers ask me for liftgate on a, a 53 dry van and it's you can get it done but it's you're, you're doing some digging you're doing some searching right it's not as prevalent as in the expedited world with a 26 foot you know straight truck 24 foot or whatever that might be hey, we don't have a dock, so we need a pallet jack to then load it onto the lift gate, take it down, and then offload it for this customer. Um, so it is a, a simple service. It, it's, it's something that is very common in Expedited. Um, the only thing is, again, expectations. Make sure that you're portraying that. Hey, if your customer, you know, and read your emails carefully. Read your bids carefully. doesn't say lift gate or pallet jack required, right? I've seen people where, you know, have a driver show up and the customer's calling like, Hey, there's no lift gate, and they're like, "Well, well what? make sure you're reading those carefully because they'll 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 hide it in there." Yeah, no, that's a very good point. You want to make sure, you know, in your bids and your quotes that you're seeing is it dock to dock? Is there no dock at the receiver? If you don't get any information on that, I would advise asking, "Hey, what's going on at the receiver? Is it do they have a dock? Do we get? An, are we need a lift gate? How's this going to work once we get there? Do they have a forklift?" Um, but like Joe said, finding a lift gate, especially in the expedited world, it is very common. It's pretty easy to. Uh, find that you just want to put your post out there saying hey we need a lift gate for this load either on receiving end delivery end whatever it might be and just setting those expectations of what the driver is going to be asked to do um, but along with that I wouldn't say there's too much of an additional charge what would you say on that Joe I feel like most trucks if they have it they're not going to charge you more just because they have a lift gate on the back of your truck I would say this Alex it's not going to be a, uh, a separate charge it's not going to be like you know hey 100 bucks or 200 bucks it's just going to be an all-in rate Right. And it's going to be included with the service. Maybe right? the rate's a bit higher, but it's not necessarily an accessorial yeah. on top of that normal rate. Exactly. You're exactly right on that. And the pallet jack, nah, I, I very rarely run into anybody that's going to raise their prices on pallet jack. Um, 
our master list of accessorials table here tells me 100 150 bucks. I disagree with that. I disagree as well. Um, with the lift gate, it says you know, 200 250 I would say that, that might, that's going to already be built into the cost of the all-in rate. And your customer generally is going to understand that. If I'm requesting a lift gate, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than a truck without one. Right? That's just right. common sense. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say for these two, there's no set rate. There's no standard. It's just kind of a, uh, you know, hey, tell your carrier about it, and you'll get carriers bidding in that are going to have that all-in rate fixed into the cost. Right, and if the rate works for you, great. If not, find someone else. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big thing. Learn how to say no and learn how to kind of walk away from somebody when they're, you know, well, you know, I kind of lift gate. What, what? Walk away from it when, when you start hearing things like that. Um but yeah, so so to wrap that up, um, it's going to be something, a service that a customer is going to require. You're going to need to portray that to the carrier, and it's going to be mostly a fixed all-in cost, right? Uh, now, next one that we want to talk about is storage. So storage fees, and where we run into this is rejected product. Um, I would say it's related a lot to, and I've had a lot of things happen probably over the past year or so. Let's say we send a truck to a receiver that doesn't have a lift gate and they needed a lift gate at the receiver. At that point, they cannot unload my truck. So I need to send this truck to a warehouse or a cross dock where they're going to unload that, store it for me until we can make a redelivery, and then deliver it on the proper type of truck. Um, so I've run into storage from things like that, people sending the wrong type of truck to delivery. Uh, maybe, like you said, the product got rejected and we need it to be stored somewhere. Whatever it might be, there's some reason we can't deliver right now, so we need someone to store it. And that cost will vary depending on how many pallets, what's the weight, what's the commodity, how long is it staying there. Are you paying them to re-deliver this freight or are you just paying them to hold on to it? Um, so there's a lot of different things that come into play when needing storage. Yeah, and I would say storage is a great opportunity, can be a great opportunity to increase profit margins, right? Increase profits. Because if you're doing your job as a broker and you're, and you're, you're up, you're on the up and up, um, a lot of the times when you run into storage where you need to do something like that in an emergency situation, it's going to be on your customer or the shipper or the receiver screwed up and not telling us something. Um, so that's where you need to step in and be able to, you know, hey, we can get this done. It's a solution you're offering to the customer, but obviously my solutions and, and my work that I've been doing on this is going to cost something, right? Right. So it's a very good opportunity, and you're not trying to, you know, pump profit margins like crazy, but it is an opportunity. This is a business, right? And, right. and our services mean something. They matter, and they, they, they cost something. Right. Um, so when you're able to do that, it's very important. And we were talking about the so what uh, at Ford the Broker, and when you run into that, identify that opportunity. Hey, was this the fault of the customer or the shipper? Yes. Okay. Let's then, you know, have that conversation. Hey, I got you covered, but yeah, I'll fix this for you. Not a big deal, but you know, we're gonna have to pay a little bit more to make it happen. And typically, like you said, if it's the customer or the shipper or the receiver's fault, they understand it. They're going to pay what it needs to be to fix it. So adding on to that, just try, do your best from the outset to make sure it's not your fault that we end up needing the storage. Cause at that point you're going to be end up you're going to be the person picking up the tab for the storage and redelivery costs. So yeah, try to be very diligent on making sure all requirements are checked. You know, all your boxes are checked off when moving each shipment. Um, so then if storage is needed, you can feel confident that, Hey, I did exactly what I was told with all the information that I was given. Um, they gave me the wrong information. So here's what we're going to do to fix it. I will do that for you, but you got to pay for my service. Yeah. And you also have to watch out when you start dealing with storage companies, just, be on your P's and Q's, man, because they will take advantage of you. 
Yeah. Right? If you forget about it or, you know, and that sounds crazy that we forget about it, but I've seen brokers do it. More um, then a week later, it's like, you got $2,000 in storage fees. And it's like, whoa, okay, that is a customer gone and $2,000 out of my pocket. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Just like you shop for carriers, you can shop around for storage. There's going to be multiple warehouses in every big city. I mean, probably most areas that you're shipping into, there's going to be more than one warehouse in that area for you to choose from. So don't just pick the first one that you find on Google. Ask them how much it's going to cost, ask for a quick quote, and then go to another one as well. And if you notice that one is way higher, well, there you go. Now you're saving a bunch of money there. So you can get taken advantage of by these storage companies because they, at times, can sense when people are in a bind and they're the ones helping you out and getting you out of that bind. So they're going to say, hey, you got to pay us you know, this much to make it happen, and you don't really have a choice. See, this is why I love this podcast, man, because as we talk about certain things, like certain, we're getting asked stories, right? And now, in my head, I popped up, we can do a whole episode on storage and what to expect versus a dry storage versus a cold storage. So I, I think we got another one, uh, another one lined up for another episode. I definitely want to dive into this a little further. Uh, but yeah, storage fees kind of for this episode right here, we just want to touch on it. Just be aware of them. Um, don't panic when it happens, right? As you said, don't panic and just pick the first one. Do a little shopping around. Have your customer's best uh, best interest in mind. That's what I would say. Uh, last one that we want to go over here and touch on this Astorios list is probably the most important one. Uh, we touched on it briefly on the last episode, but a truck order not used, a tow new. Uh, and that is going to be, I sent a truck in as a broker based on my customer's request but then something happened. Shipper isn't my customer, it's a different, it's my customer's customer, um, and they didn't portray that the product wasn't gonna be ready, right? Product's not ready, it's not picking up tomorrow, truck doesn't wanna sit around, they wanna get out of there, but I made them drive, let's say 50 miles to go pick this up. Now you're running into, hey, they're gonna want some money, and we right. call that a truck order not use a tone in the business, obviously, and that's gonna, that's gonna vary, right? I'd say a standard for a dry van for me is probably anywhere for 100 to 150 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, I know there's some different things on the sheet that we hear uh, that we have here, um, depending on the equipment type, but I feel like industry standard, maybe excluding reefers, 150 bucks is the, you know, the going rate for a tonu, provided that it's not all day long. If they're waiting there all day long, it might be a different story. If they're waiting overnight, it's going to be a different story. But Typical standard situation for a tonu, I would say 150 is appropriate. Some carriers may try and get more, but that's just another thing that you can negotiate um, with them. But at the end of the day, you do need to pay them for their time and their fuel, um, their effort to drive out there. So you need to keep the carrier in mind. You know, what did they do to get here? Am I wasting their time? So I need to compensate them now. And you need to yep. relay that to your customer as well. Because some customers may be <laughs> I was just gonna get into that. not necessarily willing to pay toners. They'll say, well, I'm not paying that. You know, They're not picking up the freight. Uh, that's a waste of money. Well, they need to understand that they requested a truck. We got it for them. It's here. But now whatever happened, right, the freight's not ready. We need to pay these people for their time and effort. Yeah, and it's all about managing relationships between carrier and customer in this business. And that is a big carrier management tool is – and I feel like we see it every day, right? Um, carriers will call in, broker's not answering me anymore, I need a tonu, I sent my truck in there, I'm not looking for this, you know, I'm not looking for a thousand bucks, I'm looking for 150 bucks, just make it worth it that I, I did an attempt, right? And usually what that is, is when you call the broker and you ask him, why are you ghosting this, this carrier here? It's like, well, my customer doesn't want to pay it. Well, that, that, I'm sorry, that's too bad, right? right. You've got to be able to have that conversation just like your 
customer or your shipper, if they offered a service to somebody and it was denied or it didn't happen, they would want to charge, right? Right. Um, uh, let's say uh, misdelivery, right? Some customers will charge fees for being late or misdelivery, things like that. On the same side, you have these carriers. They're not running for free. It's right. not. It's not just a, a service that you can pick and choose when you're going to pay, when you're not going to pay. Right. It's they. They did. They made the effort. They ran their truck. They ran empty miles to get in there. We got to take care of them, right? It's a business that we're running on both sides. Right, and it's the opportunity cost for that carrier. I mean, they could while they're driving an hour and a half to get to your facility and waiting, and then they're told that the freight isn't ready. They could have been driving to another place, got loaded, and be uh, getting paid for that load that they're moving so yeah you're taking that away from them you need to make it right in the end i wouldn't say even if you have a customer that doesn't like to pay tonus you can't necessarily just pass it down the line and screw over the carrier you might to you don't want to be the bad person um, you might want to try and make things right whether that be if it comes out of your pocket or negotiating something with that carrier that's more reasonable for you well and again it's it's, it's identifying your your opportunities and if I have, it's funny, most customers that I find and come across that refuse to pay tonus, those are the customers that are either super large, right, and they can afford to do things like that, um, or they just are, it's all list freight, and it's super cheap, and a bunch of brokers are bidding on it because they don't have good care, they don't, they don't have good carrier management, right? They're not willing to take care of carriers if, they, if the shipper or the customer screws up. A lot of those customers aren't going to be... They're not the, the customers most, I want. Yeah, they're not the most valuable customers to you at all because they right. don't. They have no problem just burning bridges with carriers and brokers because there'll always be another one. Yeah, uh, and it's going to so, be a high turnover rate for right. their, their carriers and their brokers. Right. Why, why so, would you want to make a lasting business relationship with that? Exactly, and maybe you go to your customer a couple too many times requesting a tonu. He's just going to stop working with you and work with the broker that doesn't ask for tonus anymore. You know, they're just that quick to turn and burn you. Yeah, and that broker's probably losing money, right? He yep. might be at a big... Uh, broker farm, yeah. broker mill, where they just don't care and turn and burn customers. We're going to overpromise, underdeliver. And that's not what we do here at LDI, and that's not what we want to put out there as far as good business practices for brokers. Right. But yeah, so tone is a big one. Um, always don't don't ignore it. If a carrier's calling it and requesting it, talk it out. Talk to your customer. You might have to eat 100 bucks, 150 bucks here and there. But to keep yourself in good standard and a good reputation with carriers across yes. America, I think it's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say this is the one where ethics comes the most into play. You don't want to be the one screwing people over. No, you do not, Alex. No, you don't. All right, Alex, I know you've been chomping at the bit to get into this one. Um, what we wanted to do, and this is kind of normally we go into a, a question from our, our Facebook group or from our uh, the broker bros at shiplda.com email. Uh, nice little drop there again for our email. Go ahead and submit questions if you have them. But we wanted to kind of take a step back with everything that's going on in the world in 2020 with the COVID pandemic and everything um, and really give an appreciation and, and give you an example by doing that. Give you appreciation into what the trucking industry does for us, even through these hard times. It, it's not stopping, right? It's never going to stop. Um, I think there would have to be Armageddon for, for trucks to stop on, on, the, on the road, right? But just to give everybody out there a good insight into what exactly would happen if the trucks were to stop, how quickly our civilization, our country would break down here. Um, Alex is going to take us on a nice little journey, uh, yeah. hour by hour. Yeah, no, this is this diagram, which we will post up on our LinkedIn so everyone can see. 
Um, I think it's very valuable and it's very important for just the average person to see it and realize how important um, the trucks and how important the industry is just to keeping your everyday life functioning normally. So we'll go through a couple different uh, scenarios here. If trucks stop within 24 hours, automobile fuel availability will dwindle. This means that you will go to the gas station and you might not be able to fill up your car anymore. That's an issue. Um, Joe, tell us what's going to happen after two or three days here. Yeah, well, I'd like to also stop and just kind of, uh, we picked that one because it's, it was so like, you know, the average American, their average, you know, who's not in the trucking or transportation, transportation industry would say, what are trucks, you know, having to do with that? Well, you got to stop and think who gets those redeliveries of that fuel, right? That those supply lines are coming in for that fuel to the gas stations. It's not always just about the price. Uh, it's going to be the actual supply of it, right? Those tanker right. trucks are going to come in. They're going to supply that fuel to these gas stations. You saw that stop? Well, then you're going to see what you saw, you know, about five years ago in California with prices up damn near $8 a gallon and lines out down the freeway, right? Yeah. So that's the first step and what's very interesting, and, and that is hugely tied into the trucking industry. Um, secondly, about two to three days down the road, and this is one that really stuck out to me, is the ATMs will run out of cash and banks will be unable to process transactions. Think about that, right? You're gonna have a lot of armored trucks on the road with the Brinks trucks, things like that. You might not think from the outsider's perspective that a broker would have anything to do with some of those things, but there are, there are brokers out there that will handle things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Will handle money movement um, and, and really just carriers in general will too as well. Um, so that, that was the thing that really stood out to me is, hey, money's going to start dwindling. Yeah, and just for the average person, the ability to go to an ATM or go to your bank and cash a check or you know get some cash out, that's a big, easy part of our life. If we're not able to do that anymore, that's, gonna, that's really going to give us a shock there. And as well, banks wouldn't be able to process as many transactions anymore, which is going to have a huge impact on just everyday business. If they're not able to process, process their transactions, I mean, it, it's going to be a bad... Uh, chain effect there well then once we get into week one to week four we're really in trouble aren't we Alex? yeah we this would be really bad news if trucks stop for more than a week for us so um, within a week of trucks stopping hospitals would begin to exhaust their oxygen supplies this is yikes yeah this this one hits extra hard uh, with the current state that our country is in that the world is in um, with the pandemic if our hospitals didn't have oxygen supply oxygen supply or any type of supply for a week. How do you think that would go right now? Yeah. Um, there would be a lot of people without the care that they need and quite possibly a lot more death. So that's a big one right there. That's where we start to get into affecting human life. Really. Yeah. Well, I think another great point here is that just think about how quickly and how efficiently this country had a crisis with um, PPE equipment, masks, things like that, ventilators, all that. How do you think that got solved? How do you think that those... Equip, that type of equipment was moved to these hospitals so quickly, so efficiently. Trucks. Trucks in America right. delivered that. Companies got on it. Trucking companies saved us, right? right. And it'd be the same thing with those oxygen supplies. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they kept they keep the country running. Yeah, and then we're going to wrap this up here, but you, know, you get the idea. And in the second and fourth week, you would start to, in the second week, you would start to, um, the nation's clean water supply would begin to run dry. you got to think, obviously, bottled water, things like that, but also the chemicals and stuff that, uh, you know, uh, that purify our water, uh, right, make right. it you know counties drinkable, use, all that. Use, you know, if, county water. Yeah, if there aren't trucks bringing that to the town water facility, exactly, your water will not be verified, and therefore it's not going to be safe to drink, or supply will run out, and 
ago. That's just... And then fourth week, it's just plain old exhausted. No more water. No more clean water supply, right? And that would obviously vary, but, you know, hey, it's, it just gives you a, a quick little fun insight into the appreciation that we have yes. for the trucks that run over this road and supply us with pretty much everything we could think of. Yes, so for our listeners, take the time to take a step back and appreciate the trucking and logistics industry because... Our life as we know it can really go down the drain within one month if those trucks stopped. And really to thank Very the trucker. Very important. Thank yeah. you, thank, thank thank you the trucker, trucker, man. Yep. Um, all right. Well, that wraps up um, for our little insight into uh, our appreciation, I should yes. say, for our truck drivers out there in America. Uh, so keep trucking. We yep. thank you. You've, you've helped us come along um, and really get out of the – well, we, we're not out of it yet, but really kind of driving the force through this COVID pandemic here in America. Yeah, keep up the good work. Uh, all right. Well, uh, it's about, again, the time of the show where I'm going to ask for those reviews again. You know, hey, we still haven't seen any six-star reviews out there, but, you know, maybe I'll, I'll quit harping on that. Uh, but, yeah, get out there on all uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever. We're going to be out on there. Uh, go ahead and get us downloaded. Listen to us. Uh, refer us to your friends, your colleagues. We're going to be posted out on LinkedIn a lot. Um, check out mine and Alex's LinkedIn pages. We'll drop some links to those as well. Um, and then also, again, one more time, we're going to drop um, a little uh, intro to the, the Broker Bros at ShipLDI.com. Email, submit questions, concerns, anything you want into there. Um, but yeah, man, we're uh, episode four in the books. It, it feels like we've been doing this for like a couple of weeks. Or, or I'm sorry, not a couple of weeks, a couple now. months now. I know, it does. But it's only episode four, baby. We've been a month in. Where do you see this going, Alex? I think we're headed in the right direction. I think we're, as we continue to talk about things each episode, it's giving us more ideas of, hey, we can expand on this on its own episode and just going deeper into topics that really affect the industry and hopefully affect brokers yeah. uh, primarily. I mean, I'll tell you where I see this going is we're kind of, I see what we're doing right now is laying the groundwork, the foundation of, you know, a lot of information, a lot of operational kind of like basic information about freight brokering, what it is, the world of it, uh, some different things in there. And really where I see this going is once we get into, you know, let's say episode 25, 26, we're really going to start getting into the nitty gritty of business development. Yep. How do we grow? How do we develop some actual, you know, um, some, some examples, some things like that. I want to start to maybe um, get some actual brokers live on here with us, doing some, some interviews, things like that. Some right? So calls, some, yep. some, a taste of things that come here on, on the Broker Bros podcast. Um, well, Alex, I do, before we close it, I do need to get your official, your official, um, score prediction for this Sunday between the Buffalo Bills and the, oof, the New York Jets. New wow. Jersey Jets, but yeah. New uh, Jersey. I think we have a very good opportunity for, to have a bounce back game on Sunday, which I know we all are hoping for. Um, I mean. Maybe Flacco even starts again. I, that's the thing. The, the Jets, man, they're. They're a dumpster fire. They're all their all their best players have been getting traded away or hurt or not playing, whatever it may be. They're a shell of what they used to be. They really don't have much talent on the team. We know how we feel about the coach. He doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. I think this week very good opportunities for the for the Bills to work out their problems, get out some frustration. I'm going with thirty one to ten. Wow. Yeah. Our defense is gonna do it, huh? I just think their offense can't do anything. Yeah, I know. I do, I do get that. I I just have – it's the old Buffalo Bills fan in me, man. I, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win handily, but I think it's going to be like a 
a 42 to like 24 game. I think the Jets are going to somehow put up some to like a 20, honest 24. Hey, you never know what to what to expect week to week uh, in the NFL. I just I have no confidence in this defense right now, but I do have confidence in that offense, and I I think that they're going to be high flying against these Jets here. So I'm confident it's going to be a win. It's going to be a double digit win, but yeah, I'm calling 42 to 24. We'll come out five and two. So that's. Uh... That's all we can ask for, man. That's that's great. I think great we're getting back to, to like 10, 11 wins this year. You know, I really hope so. It might take it might take a year or two before we're back up or we're up to like thirteen and threes, twelve and fours, fourteen and twos, just dominating. Yeah, you know, we're not right there yet. We um, are a team on the rise, and that's yeah. all we can ask for. Hey, I love it, man. Well, from us here at the Broker Bros Podcast, as we always say, go Bills, go Bills. <laughs>